Giannis. He dropped 50. That man dropped 50 to clinch the finals. What, what the hell else do you think we're going to talk about? What did, what did we just all watch? Of course we're going to talk about Giannis on the Ave podcast today. We're basketball fans. We're supposed to talk about something else? What, what you want to talk about the draft? You, you want to talk about how Mikey Williams is signing NIL deals as a high school junior? Actually, I do want to talk about that, but can we save that for next week? Right now, it's all about Giannis. Let's stop being stupid. I'm joined by Bill Gagne of the Royal City Hoops podcast and South Shirai family member Kevin W. as we discuss that legendary performance what it means for Giannis's future going forward, what this win means for the league, the future of the Suns, and the rest of Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Yes, there will be cussing. So put your earplugs in your baby's ears right now because some of these cuss words are going to fly out of my mouth. I apologize in advance. South Shirav is available wherever you listen to podcasts on all platforms, including my South Shirav YouTube channel. If you haven't checked out my interview with Aaliyah Hutchins yet, please do so ASAP. She was a great guest and she did a great job. Seriously. Uh, please go ahead and check that out. And as always, hit the like and the favorite button for your support. And if you're an Apple Podcast representative, click on all five stars. Not six stars, not four stars, five stars. And do it now. You, you ain't got nothing but time. <laughs> and check out the rest of the podcast catalog that I've accumulated over the years. Feel free to check it out right now on SouthShareAve.com while you're listening. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. It's the Av Podcast with Cal C on SouthShareAve Radio. He dropped 50. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on SouthShareAve Radio. Uh, welcome to the Av Podcast. How you doing today, guys? Good, you? Good, good, good. How you doing today, Kevin? Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke, inside joke. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know how's the, the, the best way to start this podcast other than saying that um, that motherfucker dropped 50 last night. Um, what what is your takeaway from Giannis's performance? Fifty fourteen and five, seventeen and nineteen from the line. Thoughts? What's your thoughts? Let's start with you, Kevin. Like, what are your thoughts on this last night? What is your takeaway from this from this performance? This this historical performance. So, <clears throat> there were a couple years ago, I was watching. Uh, you know, there's sometimes you're fortunate enough to watch certain games and players' careers, and you're like, yo, I witnessed this. It had been great to be in the stands, but when LeBron dropped 48 on the Pistons, I remember where I was when I saw it. Uh, I, did, I didn't see the Kobe 81 live. I did see the, was it 45 or 48 when LeBron dropped at Boston Garden? Yeah. Uh, Kobe 60. You know, like a lot of those momentous. Which like Kobe those, 60? Those, his final game. Oh, okay. All right. The Col yeah, Kobe's final game where you're just like this he's put it all together like this is not out of body, but just like what a, a performance for the ages. That's what that's what I think that's what we saw last night. Because the free throws, sorry, injuries didn't deter him. 
you know, free throw shooting. I've never seen some like for someone to struggle so much, went to the line 19 times. Was it Yeah, 19 times for somebody who struggled? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to hit over 90% of these. Like, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Almost 85%. I'll shut up these critics or, you know, team's not ready to win. I'll shut up these critics. It was, it was a statement. So seeing him hoist the trophy and well-deserved, well-deserved. Yeah. What about you, Bill? I'm suffering total recency bias. That's the greatest game I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally going to jump jump all over that. I'm not going to throw any of their games in there. I, what right, I will right say off is a trampoline, having, right off a trampoline, hey, right into recency I'm, bias. Why not? Um, I will say this, having been like a critic of Giannis over the years, to see the evolution of his offensive output and just the multitude of ways in which he scored which you know aren't that like it's not kobe-esque but if you think back to when they lost to the raptors when the year the raptors won the raptors basically just said hey make a shot you know and he couldn't he had nothing in his bag and if you watch the series he was able to mix in a couple of 15 footers here and there facing up Aiton who was giving him tons of gap. He hit a bunch of turnarounds, jumpers in the post, yeah. and was able to play a little bully ball and get to that jump hook on top of all the effort plays, putbacks, the straight line drives, the Euros. To see that evolution was something I didn't think I'd ever see. And then you're going to throw in him closing it out with the 50-point game, having a bunch of 40-point games, his ability to create for others, you know, I'm going to be extra effusive here in just what, what else do you say about a game like that? He, they scored what? 105 points. He had 50. I know. He almost had, half and, and then, and then throw in like, Hey, two minutes to go. We need a bucket. Hey, Middleton, you're ice cold. Drill one of these for us. <laughs> and then he just calm as a cucumber, just rolls off the doubles. Boom, and you're like, what are we? What am I watching here? Before I even give you my response, let me just read some stats here. So I had mentioned the last podcast that basically his three-year run is is right up there with. It's a short list of some of the greatest players in the history of basketball. You know, the, the fact that he's won two MVPs in three years, an All-Star MVP, a Defensive Player of the Year, a Finals MVP. Um, you know, three-time All-NBA player and, uh, and, and and now a champion, right? Um, he also joins Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon as the only players in NBA history to, to, to win a regular season, a Finals MVP, and a Defensive Player of Year award. He's also the first player in NBA history, Finals history, to average 30-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and 5-plus assists on, a, on at least 60% shooting. So his final stats, you know, when you include uh, uh, Game 6, 35 points, uh, 13.2 rebounds, five assists, and basically 62% from the field. Um, he's also the second player in NBA history to record three games of 40 points, 40 plus points, and 10 plus rebounds in the NBA Finals, joining Shaq in 2000. Um, I was really like all in with the celebration. Honestly, I'll tell you guys, I probably wasn't. The last time I was this happy watching a team where a player succeed is when the Raptors won two years ago. I, I honestly, I, I went to bed with a smile on my face. 
because number one, you got a chance to like literally watch something historic happen, you know, and, and as a basketball junkie, like you live for that as a fan, you know what I mean? Um, mm. I just couldn't get over the fact that this guy ended the series with 50 points. Like I just honestly, like just watching that. Cause remember, I think cause me and you were going back and forth, Bill, or during the game last night. And I think I even yeah. texted you like, wow, this guy might, this guy might do 40 plus and 15. You know, uh, to end this game, which that alone would have been like, holy smokes, this is crazy. You know, and that was like halfway through the third quarter that we were that we were doing that. Yeah, you're like, wow, this guy might. So if he ended up with like forty two fifteen and five blocks, I'd have been like, Psh, wow, like what a what a like historic game. Kevin hit on it though, like the seventeen for nineteen on free throws. If you were a betting person, and I'd have come to you said. Leading into game six, said, hey, what are the odds Giannis shoots 17 for 19? I bet you $1,000. You'd be like, yeah, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds on that. Like, right. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not taking that bet. And he just like, like he was a, a 90% free throw shooter. Just like kill it. Like, like he was Reggie Miller up there. You're just going, and, what and, is happening? And you know what's crazy? Because he, I think he averaged like 50 or f- like 50, 52% for like for the, for the play, not for the playoffs, but for the finals, I think. But yep. the splits from, I don't know if you guys saw the stat, but the splits from on the road to at home is yep. crazy. He shot 49% on the road from the free throw line and 77% at home. <laughs> <laughs> like I like that's another thing too where it's like usually great like it's usually if you're 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 a shitty free throw shooter you're just consistently shitty you know what I mean all the way around but it's like it's it's almost it's almost like the player that to flip it on baseball like any baseball player that plays for the Rockies has great stats at home because the ball just <laughs> levitates faster at, at Coors Field but then in, you know when they go into any other arena they can barely get it to the warning track that's what this free throw discrepancy looks like it's crazy like. So the fact that he sh- that he shot it to that degree at home, when you look at it from that that angle of it, it's it's not actually not that surprising. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he's not that surprising. The the fact that he was at home. If he did this in Phoenix, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, especially with the crowd counting and counting him down, you know. But but he's a sixty percent free throw shooter, like for his career. I know. And to watch him go seventeen for nineteen, he didn't go like seven for nine. That's almost twenty free throws. Like if I that know, I know. is just it's mind boggling that at no point he went, Oh man, I'm not supposed to make these. And he just killed. He just killed. And I d I don't know what else to say about that performance. It really spoke for itself in in, in how far he's come as a player. You know what the joke is though? Um there was a point where I was gonna text you and say, Hey, you know what? Man, I you know I know he's I think at the, the half he had like seventeen and seven. I remember th- saying to myself, you know, it's I know the stats look good, but I I kind of wish he like he he imparted his his will on the game a little bit more in the first half. This is what I was thinking. <laughs> I was honestly thinking that, and I was gonna text you that, and then I forgot, and then like halfway through the court, I was just like, okay, all right, you know, forget it, all right. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah you, might, you might want to leave that in, in, in your draft, Sarah Calvin. Don't send it. Just, <laughs> just scroll back and delete it. It's all good. But it, and during the broadcast, they mentioned, isn't he one of only two people in the last, like, 40 years or something to have twenty point a 20-point 20 quarter? And it, it, I think he's the only one in the finals to do it twice. 
Yeah, it's 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 probably him or like I I think maybe Michael maybe, but if well I don't even know. You, it's probably I didn't hear that part of the broadcast, but but I swear to you, that's it was, what was in the past couple of years. You're you're right. Was it? You're right, Bill. It, it was it was something similar, but I mean in the finals, didn't Isaiah Thomas? How many did he have in the against 16, the Lakers? Sixteen, twenty-five. Great, I think. I think it was twenty-five. Twenty-five. I I I, know, it, I remember that game. The, that, that's the that's the joke of it. I remember why. That's how much of a Lakers fan I was back in those days. I, I remember well, watching that. I was well, thinking that was that was one of the most insane yeah. performances ever. But go on. We can look it up. Google Google can find me. I'm pretty sure it was 25 points on in, in low cut in in low cut Asics. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and and he played and he played in Game Seven. I know, <laughs> Bare, barely, barely, uh, barely. Yeah. Two, day, two days, two days later, man. If that if, if that wasn't the case for load management, but yeah, Giannis, it it's he's right. And you know the the other thing where he he was at the podium, and I guess his emotions got the best of him. But he's talking about I could have gone to a super team, but that's the easy way. Yo, he's right. Hard work, man. He put that in. I, you know how much time he's put in. We saw like the growth. He wasn't even their first option. Jabari Parker yeah. was their first option when they first had him, and he went through X amount of coaches, X amount of teammates. He had the Eric. He had to deal with Eric Bledsoe for a couple years. Now look at him. You know. <laughs> It's, well, it's it's I'm, I'm going to get to that super that super team point a little later in the in the episode. But go on. I think really this is probably the year, Calvin, that you and I talked about way back when we did the episode with Anthony there about how it was so wide open this year. Yeah. You could make you could have made a case for so many teams and believed it. Had you said this is going to be Philly and the Clippers in the finals? I don't think anybody would have been like, you're crazy. So the fact that he was able to do this and the narrative, if we go back to what Kevin's saying of he did this the way that nobody else did is super impressive. I mean, no no one should discount that. And the fact that really when it comes to the team's offensive output and when they really need a bucket, he's not the one they're going to like that. That takes some type of character, you know? Yeah. And humbleness. And, and never mind, okay, he throw out a 50-point game. He did it in a closeout NBA Finals game. I know. When the, when the other team is desperate. And Phoenix, I mean, look, I mean, I, I know n- not a lot of people are talking about their performance in this, this Finals right now because we're all basking in the glow of what, what Giannis did last night. But you, you, you got to give a golf clap to them because the fact that, again, these guys weren't even in the playoffs last year. Like last year, these guys were a, you know, they were, they were in the bubble for fun last year, essentially, right? They went from that to game six of the of the of the finals in less than ten months. Like that's, I gotta give them respect for that, and especially because the team is so young too. I know Chris Paul and you know and Jay Crowder, you know, signing there was was huge for like just veteran leadership and everything else in the locker room, but. The way they played was impressive, like you know what I mean. So, but but the fact that, mm-hmm. like the fact that they're playing from that sense of desperation, like this was they they show the their uh, legitimacy, you know what I mean, throughout the throughout the finals. That this team is they're they're not gonna they're gonna be here for a while, you know. And to to your point, the fact that you know, like again, like this guy got thirty three points in the second half. 
when they were losing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they down like six or seven points in the you know by halftime? The Bucks. Yep, sir. So like the fact that this guy again leveled up to this degree, I, I, like it, it left me speechless. I just, I honestly, I went to bed and I just, I couldn't get over the fact that I, I just watched somebody drop fifty. We didn't even see Michael do that. I always say to me, you know, when it comes to Michael Jordan, um, the best version of Michael Jordan was was uh, when they played Phoenix in the finals and he retired right after. Like that to me was like the best pure basketball player. Like like that was the best pure version of a basketball player I ever seen. You know, and and the way he went out dropping like forty and fifty point games was was like it was just it was phenomenal. And that performance last night was like something similar to that. But again, even he didn't do this to finish off a series. You know what I mean? Like that to me is just like, <clears throat> for example, like you know Damian Lillard. Um, what was well, so how long ago was it when he hit that the buzzer beater? Was that two years ago? Yeah, it was two years ago when he when he hit the. Would he hit Paul George off with the bye bye three and he, and he basically dismantled <laughs> the Thunder, right? Twenty nineteen. Right, so twenty nineteen. So he got fifty points to to wrap that up. Great, we celebrated. We still celebrated, but that was in the first round. That shit hit. That's that that shit hits way different for a final for a final. Like I said again, Bill, I was gonna text you to say, man, I wish this guy put, <laughs> put more of an impact on this game, and not to say he was sucking. But I was like, yo, for for game six, I, I really want him to, like, drive this home. Like, I was about to text you that. And, like, you, 10 minutes later, just, I'm, like, I'm like, yo, let me just delete this. <laughs> here's, how, here's how spoiled you are. You're upset that he's not putting his stamp on the game when he's got 17 points at the half. But you know what? What are your standards? But you know, but you know what it was, though? It, I'm, like I said, I, I'm ignoring the stats. It just... I guess the, like he, it was almost like he was just flowing through the game. Like that's how great he was playing. It was just it was kind of just flowing through the game. Like he wasn't just like mm, you know what I mean. Like you, you know what I'm talking about. Where like a great player comes in and just says, you know what, I'm just laying waste to all you guys right now. You know what I mean? Like just well, just from from so the he, jump. But, but but the fact that like and I'm not, like I said again, I'm not saying he was like he was trash in the first half by no means. But I'm just saying like he kind of just took what the defense gave him. You know what I mean, and and he was just kind of like cruising along, and yet he still put up those stats, which is crazy. You know, but I just didn't think there was a there was going to be another like level or two to what he did. You know, like twenty four minutes later. Kevin, would you say that that type of description is a little more Tim Duncan esque than Jack esque as a big man, where it sneaks up on you as opposed to just being punching you in the face? <sighs> Hard because his game isn't as polished as Duncan, um, but he also isn't as, he is a, he is a physical phenomenon, but he's not as huge as Shaq. What he's doing at his size is amazing. Um, but the main thing is there's something to be said. And I, I wish there's a correlation and Calvin, we did a pod about it, you know, like this would make a great Sunday night movie on ABC or something like that. You know what I mean? The Giannis story. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, but you can almost, you could almost feel it because I think we all kind of grew up knowing like, you know, that was it. Like he, he was playing like, this might be my last chance. I do not want to go. I don't want to go to Phoenix for a game seven and I'm going to go, I'm going to hit the line 20 times, you know, 19 times, F it, I'll take whatever. And it just seemed like 
he was not going to be denied. Drop whatever defense you want. I'm getting mine. I'll dunk on three, three players on your team. I'll run back and block shots. I'll get mad. I'll get upset when I missed blocking a shot. Because those, what, was it four or five blocks? Five? Yeah, five, but he changed a bunch of others too. Right, but those five block shots attempt at least 10 points. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the free throws, usually he hits, what, 50% of them maybe? So that's another, like, I don't know, let's say eight points. So that's already an extra 18 points that he usually doesn't, you know, like that, that are just reallocated off the board. And it's hard to say that that's a direct link, but it's just the performance. Like if there's a loose, okay. Remember when Barkley had to advance, wanted to advance to face Jordan in the finals and they faced Seattle and he had like 42 points, 22 rebounds or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if there, if there was a loose rebound, it was going to Charles, you knew it. And it was just like, get out of his way. It's his game. You, you can't draw anything up. Just, it was like that. And that's a, that's an all time great performance by a phenomenal player. Phenomenal. Yeah. I didn't dislike him. I was disappointed in the free throws, but it's like, whatever it is, he knew that was his moment. He didn't want to be Chris Paul in 14 years time. And has to like have a hopefully hopefully have a swan song kind of thing. He's like, no 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 no. Here's my chance. I'm taking it. And all the letdown of like the fight, the struggle. First one to from his family to make it to do it big, take care of everybody, and like yeah, like his, I'm pretty sure it all came his his childhood came out in that game last night. Every every hard every hardship he had to go through. Like f you, I'm taking this. Hats off. It's like he gave you Duncan and Shaq. He gave you Duncan's death by a thousand cuts quality type game in the first half, and then he punched you in the face like Shaq in the second half. You know what I mean? Like he gave you the kind of like the best of both worlds. But like at the same time, great players. There's always a saying in basketball that you know when the ball the ball has the ball has its own set of energy, right? Where um, you know you get the ball moving, it creates energy that's that's ultimately great for the offense at the end of the day. But I feel like great players, and you can kind of feel it, they have this certain sense of energy of when, like, you can kind of feel like it. And, you know, you've been watching fans, like, we're fans of basketball, or you've played it a long time. You kind of know when the moment is coming. And don't get me wrong, I don't think any of us expected this, obviously, because this is why we're so kind of bewildered by this still. But to me, I was like, honestly, once they won, once he made that block, against Aiton in game four, I was already like, yo, I think bu- the Bucks are going to win this series. Like, <laughs> seriously, like, right at that moment, I was like, yo, I think this series is over. You know? Did, I, you, hear the, did you hear the bandwagon started with parking lot or what? Like, when <laughs> that one play turned it around? No, but, 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 but you know what it was? It's just, it, it's, it's like a great player just kind of like, kind of yeah. figuring out that moment. You know, every great player in the finals just has that, they just have that moment, you know what I mean? Whether it's Jordan switching hands in the air, or you know, or or LeBron getting the block, for example. There's there's always like a moment, or 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 Kim Olajuwon just running through Orlando in '95, for example. But like, there's just always like a moment where a great player just says, "Okay, this shit is mine." So it's like not of the fact that they won. You're gonna go back to that play and be like, "That was." I mean, that was a series defining block. Like the fact that. You know, I, and I mean, I don't know what the score was at that point in time, but, you know, again, if Phoenix goes up 3-1, this, the whole perception of this is completely different, right? But the fact mm-hmm. that, like, you're going to look back at that moment and be like, that was 
that was the moment that kind of cemented everything going forward. You know what I mean? Like they had a they had a great game five. They went down. I think they were down like twenty halfway through the first half in game five. They came all the way back. You know what I mean? They made it a game, and then they they stole it. And then you, I mean, shit, you saw what happened here. You know, like it's I, like I said, man. I, I I'm just I'm I'm so happy for this guy. Like it's like I said again, I haven't been this happy to see a champion win since since the Raptors, since Kawhi and and the Raptors, and we we're all celebrating on Young Street and you know and, and and running through the parade and stuff with with three million people behind us. Like I I don't want to say I'm I'm as, as happy as that, but it's it's very close. Because I'm, I, like I said, I've been a, a fan of Giannis for a long time. You know, I love the story, and I just, I love what he kind of represents. So the fact that, like, seeing him hit that, like, that peak moment, just like that, and and like the biggest possible stage, like, like how could again, like, I kept saying this last night to like different friends. How could you not love Giannis? You know, how how could you yeah. not love Giannis? Um, what what is your takeaway from the rest of Game Six? Other than Giannis, because <laughs> I mean that's probably like eighty percent of it. Kevin, you want to go first? Um. Okay, best <laughs> way I can put it, and again, I don't know what else happened in the game. I just watched like Giannis drop fifty. I don't know who else did anything. <laughs> Apparently, Drew Holiday took nineteen shots. I'm like, he did. No wonder he. He's four for 19, you know, like, huh, interesting. That's not the takeaway. Um, Giannis's performance for me was so dominant. Okay. You guys, you guys remember another throwback analogy, but do you guys remember when Shaq used to play like Sabonis and Shaq would do or, or Matumbo Sabonis and Matumbo were hall of fame players, nothing wrong with their career. But it's just like Shaq would just like befuddle them so much. You could lit- you could physically see their disappointment, and they became demoralized. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you could just feel like he did. He's not saying he like he didn't say it, but he's like, "I'm taking this championship away from you. You're not going. I don't care what you say. You're <laughs> this is mine. I just, I'll, I'll take this moment. Thank you very much." But my takeaway was. Um, Hats off to the Suns. I did not know how badly that Starridge injury was going to was gonna was gonna affect their their rotation and everything that they did. Uh, Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker's defense on Devin Booker that was pestering. I felt for Devin at a point where it's like he couldn't get free for his shots. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Budenholzer actually made adjustments, which I think is was, was remarkable because he was one Kevin Durant shoe size away from, I don't know, coaching Sacramento or something like that next year. So, um, I feel sorry for Chris Paul. I was hoping that they'd be able to swing something, but you, 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 you couldn't deny it. And, you know, props for props for the small market teams as well. Cause yeah, Toronto, I'm not, I'm not going to say Toronto's a small market team, but Toronto winning is good, you know, for diversity. It, it ruin it takes away from the the monotony of the NBA Finals. I'm not saying the 2020s Finals was anything great, contrary to LeBron saying that it's the one of the hardest to win in all of sports. Uh, you could take that and go fish, right? Um, <laughs> this one for Milwaukee, great for a long-suffering fan base. Um, yeah, Fifty years. Didn't even realize yeah. that. <laughs> Fifty years. Wow. Kareem's second season in the league, which is crazy. By the way, quick question. 
Does Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have a statue outside of Milwaukee in in, in Milwaukee? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Just just so. wondering. Sorry, should, that, that, that's should. my takeaway. Probably should, but yeah. yeah. But that that would be my takeaway. Hats off to the Suns. Um, Aiton was young. Aiton is young. I'm pretty sure there's only like four years between him and Giannis, but he's young in <laughs> NBA terms, you know? Um, and, and, and you're but, right, it is. It's only four years difference. But for some reason, it seems like Giannis has been it for like, you know? Yeah, forever. Um, but you know what? It, though, it, it I, I, can't, I can't even fault Aiton, though, because he just honestly, it's not to make it this a verb, but he, he got Giannis. It's basically what happened. Like, <laughs> got Giannis. That's what happened. Like, <laughs> He like you can't sit there and say like he played like shit. Like he got Giannis. Like he was constantly in foul trouble. Like you know, as much as you want to rip Giannis for not making free throws, but the thing you have to respect is like he doesn't let the the fact that that's his crutch, you know, like affect the rest of his strengths. You know, which is his mindset. I I think it's like it's probably like his biggest strength. Just the fact that he might go two for eleven from the free throw line, but he's still gonna keep coming, and that's what puts guys in foul trouble, right? The last three games of the series, that's what affected Aiton. Like he he couldn't go off the same because he was on the bench. It's it's kind of hard to shake that when you like you got four four fouls saddled beside you. You know what I mean on on the, on the bench. But Bill, what is what is your takeaways from from the rest of Game Six outside of Giannis, if you have one? I mean, there's a number of things I took away from it. One being Drew Holiday. The I think it was Game Five. PJ Tucker got in foul trouble. And they switched and they put Holiday on Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And to me, that changed a lot because Booker was really having his way. Yeah. And you saw the struggle that game five and, and into game six became where he just, nothing was easy and, and everything was a struggle. And Drew Holiday was just punishing him. Yeah. That was a big, big move in that series that may go unnoticed. And if you think about Milwaukee's best lineups, it was when they were rolling Giannis out at the five and they had Bobby Portis with him mm-hmm. and PJ and either uh, and Middleton and Drew out there. That's what put Aiden on his heels so much. And you just ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, it, those things. And, and then realizing, I think, the shift in Milwaukee's gameplay to understand Chris Middleton is our closer. Giannis carries the load. But when we need to manufacture a point, when we need to run a play and somebody gets the bucket, he hit big shots all through the playoffs, all through the series. Then you lead down the last two minutes, and I think Phoenix had cut it to four. And they they had had a really sloppy play before. They get a timeout. They run that double where the handoff and then the double action for Middleton, and he hits that patented like it's almost Paul Pierce-esque that spot Paul Pierce and Dirk and Kobe operating from that foul line extended mm-hmm. and he's got that one patented too where he just rolls into that spot and it was like butter especially and, going right and and it's funny for yeah. him that's actually a little that's, that's it's actually kind of harder to do yeah than going left and, and to think about the series Pat Connaughton played really well but it was such a chaotic game that the role players didn't really have a chance to make an impact in in Giannis's output really steadied Milwaukee's ship and nobody from Phoenix could really match. Well you and I are going back and forth about Chris Paul and you know he he did play well. He just didn't yeah. play great. You know, yeah. Booker 
took a lot of shots. He made some tough ones. Uh, I would say Mikhail Bridges is an under-the-radar player that I really enjoy that I think in the long term will, will really pay off for them. Mm-hmm. But those big games are just such brawls. And really, Giannis is the one that pulled it through. It could have easily gone the other way. A couple bounces here and there. You know, that steal that Drew Holiday got on Booker late that led to the Giannis and one mm. alley-oop. Incredible That's play. That's a back-breaking play. Yeah, it's an incre- that was an incredible yeah. play. And, and to me, Phoenix's depth was a big problem. Yeah. You saw when they went to the bench, it was just like they were holding on to a life preserver, hoping yeah. they could keep it close. Cam Johnson couldn't get any any buckets. He couldn't get loose. And Bobby Portis, you know, <laughs> five years ago, if you said, hey, Bobby Portis is going to play a key role on a championship team, you'd have been like, yeah, in the G League? Like, really? <laughs> Probably in a fist uh, fight, maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> maybe in a fist fight with one of his own teammates? <laughs> what are you going to say? And, and he had a huge impact. So, yeah. It, it was it was a fist fight that ended the way the way it should have. Okay, so here's here's my next question, and it's kind of touching on what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Kevin kind of mentioned this a little earlier. Um, how mad did Giannis make the rest of the people that want that want more super teams with his uh, with his comment <laughs> last night on the podium? Uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, watch the podium or see any of that. But it's just sort of. It. it I don't know. I don't know that it has an impact on anybody. It, it'll get. It'll get dusted over. You know, and whoever comes to. I mean, if they can put it together next year and make a run to the finals and win again, or 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 have a deep playoff run, great. But I mean, uh, I, I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? I think that was a direct shot at James Harden. I <laughs> 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 uh, just got to put it out there. It's almost as direct as that laser beam you see whipped at his head in uh, <laughs> in that game in, in, in Houston. <laughs> James Harden's <laughs> on the baseline minding his business, and Giannis just like... <laughs> Whip the pass right off Whip the square. ball off his head. <laughs> <laughs> it, could, it could be any more direct. Like, yeah, it was a shot. It was a shot. Uh, I don't know if they can make it back. Like again, health health dictated these these these. It, it usually does, right? Right. Health dictates your how, how far you go in the playoffs and, and 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 what what kind of ammo you have left. And yeah, you're you're right about the depth and everything too. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the the, the super teams, it's true. I mean, it it did get boring. Super teams was like what Golden State versus Cleveland for four years straight. It was boring. Yeah, it was and like I don't I don't even care about last year's you know uh, hardest championship to win of all time. Uh, you know I, I don't care about that. Like that 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 was whack. Miami wasn't healthy either. Like I don't like see I, I like seeing a battle. That's why I I didn't mind whoever won because I know how hard these guys had to fight to get there. Didn't just accumulate talent and then just run with it. No, we squad up, we built up, we made it. Good. It's like the Raptors too. Calvin, you're right. Those championships, it's like, yo, you earned it. You're, you're, you know, congratulations. Well deserved. Not like, oh, you're friends with him and you're friends with him and you got him. Okay, fine. Let's let's stack up and try and run. You know, king of the court. Nah, man. 
But you know, it's, it's, it's interesting though because you know when Kawhi left, right? Like when Kawhi left and and um and joined up with the Clippers and stuff, I was like, I was kind of happy with where the things, how things fell with the rest of the league, because I'm like, now it's just duos. That's cool. I can, I can. I could rock with that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like a new look. You know, we did this super team thing for, for nine to ten years. You know, to me, it's kind of, it kind of ran its course. Um, you know, now we're going to see this new era. You know, and then and then even like, you know, KD and, and Kyrie getting together, setting up a new a new vision in Brooklyn. I love that. I was like, you know, I can rock with that. And to me, they're a, they're a championship team just on their talent alone. But then when he looked at the rest of the roster with Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, everybody else, it's like, okay, like this is a legitimate team. Once they get healthy, once KD comes back, like, yo, you could you could easily see this team winning a title. You know, you got Philly, you know, with with uh with Embiid and and Ben Simmons and stuff, and you know, like the rest of their squad, you're like, yo, you can you can see this again. And then Harden goes up to Brooklyn, just like, oh fuck. Like we're gonna we're gonna really gonna do this again. <laughs> fuck. Like again, you know? <laughs> It's never going to stop, right? I mean, few teams can do what Golden State did prior to KD going off, uh, going there, which was draft so well that and, you end up and develop. Yeah, and then you have one of the greatest players uh, of the generation go, "Hey, yeah, um, uh, you guys need somebody?" Because <laughs> I'm looking, you know. If you want, you, they built that, and then that happened. So yeah, he, he, I don't K, think Katie, you ever. Katie basically said, "Hey, um, I need a couch for the next three years. Can I can I buy your couch?" <laughs> it pulls out, right? <laughs> but Kevin's right. Health plays a huge part, and that's a regular season thing. I think if you go back and look through all the championships over the years, you'll see a number of teams that were favored to win that didn't because of injuries. Nobody talks about the first year Golden State beat Cleveland when Kevin Love dislocated his shoulder versus Boston and then Kyrie broke his leg in the finals. That doesn't get brought up. Yeah, We just talk about it was the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, think about it. I, I grew up a Pistons fan. Well, the first title the Pistons won, both Magic and Byron Scott pulled hamstrings yep. in game one and two. Yep. Tore their so, hamstring, right? I think Magic you know, won the Tories. Yeah, we're not, we don't talk about that. And I, I personally am not a huge fan of the NBA Finals because I love watching basketball every night. And I am selfish. So the minute there's not basketball every night, I'm like, <laughs> well, now, now this sucks. You know, like... The quarterfinals and the, and the conference finals, those are two of my favorites because you're getting good games every night. Every night. And I don't have to look far. Once we get to the finals, I'm like, oh, is it a travel day again? Damn it. So You know, Netflix. It, fuck, I already watched all my list. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's watch The Mandalorian again. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? Uh there's so so many different things. I never want to take away from any team that wins a championship or a team that comes up short. Only one team can win, but it's just the narratives around it become excruciating. I know I, I, it's funny because I feel like the one thing about this league, as you you know, as we seem to know, is that it's a copycat league. So once the league goes to like super team mode, everybody's going to try to gear up. You know, I, I think when the Raptors won and, and Kawhi made his, his decision, you know, the, the league kind of like, you know, it, it kind of sorted itself out. But like, 
last night before I go to bed. What what what's the first thing I see before before I go to bed? I should say. Of course, you have Magic John- Johnson tweeting that the Lakers should should reach out to, to CP3 if he opts out. You know, <laughs> and, and and then you hear the rumors that you know the the, um, the Lakers want to do a sign and trade for Russell Westbrook, and and then you got you got friggin' Stephen Jackson. Good God, you have Stephen Jackson now calling. You know, getting insulted about uh, Giannis's comments and, and calling the Bucks a super team. Uh, I'm just like, you know what it's like? It's like the defenders of super Kendrick teams. Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins is another one. It's like the, <laughs> the, the, the defenders of super teams. You know what it's like? It's like those anime cartoons, like the ninjas just coming down the mountains with their arms up, arms spread across, running down the hill. Like all you're just hearing is the wind. Like that's how I feel like these guys come rocking for, you know, these, these super teams. Like it's just, to me, it's just, it's, it's like, Dude, like, can can this guy enjoy this for five minutes? Like, can he? Can, you know, saying he, he just hoisted the trophy like a half hour ago. Can, can we? Twitter can, runes. Can we just sleep on this? Maybe give him Twitter like forty eight hours. You know, Twitter ruins everything. <laughs> no, we we so, have a twenty four hour news cycle, and that Stephen Jackson was like at eight o'clock this morning, right? <laughs> just waking up, waking up, spitting nonsense on his Logitech web camera. Like, I don't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> But it makes for a headline, right? Like it, it, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't say Drew Holiday is a big three. I wouldn't say they're a super team. I don't think hey, they have all, an, another Hall of Fame player on their roster aside from Giannis. Well, well, shout, shout out, shout out to our, um, one of my one of my friends, Marco, um, in one of our, one of our chats. Like, I think last night he posted that you know eight years ago um, when it came to you know the two K ratings, right? The, the video game. Uh, Giannis and Middleton had the lowest rating on that on that team, right? Like if you follow the video game stuff, like they were like, they were like they were rated the the third the fourteenth and fifteenth worst players on the team on the Milwaukee oh team goodness. who was terrible, right? Yeah, but Carlos Delfino was on that team, Calvin. That makes sense. <laughs> so was Brandon Jennings, right? But that's and Zaza Pachulia. Yeah. But that but that's the thing. It's like. Middleton was a D League player. Middleton was a second round D League player. You know, he developed his way up. Giannis is a project. He developed his way up. They got Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's been an all star once. Like he's a he's a you know, he's a really high level role player, if not an all star himself. But like it's funny, like when Giannis made the comment, I was so happy he made that comment because he's right. Number one. But also number two, it's like it kind of reminded me, like, you know what? You're looking at the landscape next year. You're already seeing, like I said, Magic, you know, using his Twitter fingers and going crazy about who the Lakers should go get right away. Like, you know, you're looking at the landscape, and, and I feel like it's it, it almost makes you a little depressed to say, but I almost feel like we're getting like an intermission from the Super Team era. The, 2019 was like an intermission. This year was an intermission. And we're probably going to go back to this next year as long as all these teams are healthy. We're going to go right back to the Super Team nonsense again and we're just this is like a, this it, is like a break. It's like a coffee. I break. think in a couple I think in a couple of years you're going the super team reality is is not really that great because it eventually cuts crushes your cap space to build a real team. Right. Those te- those Miami teams of LeBron and uh Bosch and Wade those guys were max guys, and they cobbled together the rest of those lineups and managed to win. Uh, that is extremely difficult to do. And the, looking at Brooklyn and saying, we're going to do that, I'm thinking, good luck to you. Surely, offensively, you have the ability to do that. 
But defensively, you probably only have one player in those big three who can actually hold his own defensively. You're going to get slaughtered because yeah. the game slows down and you can score all the points you want. But when they throw James, start targeting James Harden in the pick and roll, you're cooked. Again, those teams, the cap space, you need depth. You need depth. If there's anything we saw with the Lakers last year, and the biggest thing was their depth sucked. They were probably the shallowest team to win a title that I can remember. Right. So if you don't have that depth, then that's why you, you want to look at, I mean, some of those ESPN things that come out. Like if you could buy futures in one team, who are you buying? You know, I'm I'm looking at Luka Doncic is super cheap right now. You know, you're looking at, at Denver and Jokic. You're trying to find these young guys. Giannis, I think Mark Stein said after the game that over the next four years, Milwaukee has 500-plus million committed to Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday. Right. How are you going to build up the rest <laughs> of that roster? So, cap space... I think you're right, Calvin. We're going to see more duos and teams trying to draft young players or get a young player to hit. And if you can't do that, football does it, right? You want to get a young quarterback on a friendly deal, mm-hmm. build out the rest of your roster, a la Russell Wilson, Unt- until he and signs, try to until win he a championship. That max, yeah, until, until he signs his, uh, his, his until, extension. Until somebody's brain kicks in and goes, you know, these super teams – they're really hard to win, especially with the salary cap. It's, it's, and you got to and you got to deal with the personalities too, right? <laughs> you're yeah. not dealing with like one big personality. You're dealing with like potentially three big personalities, you know. And yeah. that's not easy to do either. Hold on, I have Kyrie and Kevin Kevin Durant on my other line. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Calvin? Were they, were they on their nothing. burner phones? <laughs> one was on the Motorola. Like the tossing it out the window like the wire. <laughs> how, how, so how how great is it for the NBA that like a homegrown international talent won the way that he did? Do you guys think it was, it was great for the league at, at least for the time being? Um, that Giannis was the one that won. The fact that he stayed loyal, he stayed he stayed with the with the team that drafted him. He stayed in the small market, an international player, you know, representing both Europe and Africa. You know, um, what where do you guys see things like in terms of like, wh- how, like, how do you think the league sees this? Best championship since Dirk. Mm. I think, in my opinion, the NBA controls the narrative so well and they tell the story so well because they're player focused that they will make the most of this in whatever way they can, especially with the game growing in Africa. It's, it's definitely a plus. You think it's a plus? Okay. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's great for international NBA international. And yeah, Bill's right. They just launched that NBA Africa league, right? Yeah. So here's a great ambassador that, Hey, not just Siakam and Abaka and whoever else. Like, yeah, Giannis can do it too come through like you know that's it's it's a great it's it's a great success story um plus the and the africans in europe making the transition to the states that's that's a huge movement within itself um 
I think it's a, it, I think it's, I think it's a win. Great, great, great win. And, yeah, and a win for, and a win for Nike too. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, cause Nike needs another one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> of course, man. They're losing money. You know, you don't see nobody buys their shoes anymore. Right, right, right. Wink, wink. Right. Yeah, uh, I just look at the stock price go up and it blows my mind. Well, you're also seeing the pipeline changing. The the former pathway of you got to go to G1 and make it all the way. Now you don't have to do that. You got the G League. You have these European leagues creating these sort of NBA starter uh, academies, or that's not what, what what was it the Lomelo Ball went to, like Australian. Yeah, no, but they had a name for the program they had in place that allowed him to come over. It's a Rising Stars program because R.J. Hampton did it too. Yeah. So you're seeing yeah. the funnel to the NBA not being dominated by the NCAA, and, and that bodes well or even greater for players coming from Africa because now they don't have to go through the sham of qualifying academically. Not and, they're, and they're getting... They're getting global exposure. Scouts can see games from anywhere on their phone. They can travel easier, you know, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. So the game is only going to get more international. For sure. And I mean, mean, and and just, you know, us being in this country and and I guess us being in the GTA area for, I guess, for, you know, speaking for myself and, and you, Bill, like, you know, you're seeing how Canada's impacting the league already, you know, like, and it's only going to get bigger, yeah. you know, because this is considered international, even though we're the, you know, the, the sister country of the States, it's still international. And you're, you're seeing it's only going to get bigger. Like, it's only it's only growing more and more. Right. Like, it's yeah. the way things are going right now. Like, it's it's like, <laughs> like I said, Canada's coming, but there's other countries that are coming too. you know. They're they're coming too, but I, I I agree with you guys. I think it's great for the league that he wins because he covers the loyal fan base in terms of you know team like people that root for teams that where their stars stay in one place. They they're rocking for the names on the front of the jersey, not just the names on the back. You're not essentially not essentially just rooting for for just the players anymore because that's basically what the leagues turned into, especially with super teams and the amount of uh, guys swapping going back and forth between different teams. You're basically just rooting for the name on the back, not the front anymore. So he covers that fan base. He covers the old school fan base that likes when players don't fraternize amongst each other and stuff and train with each other and party with each other in the off season and stuff. Because Giannis isn't that guy. He's just he's, he's basically if you're, if you're not if your last name is not Antetokounmpo or you're not, you know, playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, he's not really rocking with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, and the fact that you know, can't, was that, you know what, though, he's 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 not like the rage competitor though he's a happy-go-lucky easy i mean you've seen i think you've probably seen the youtube clip of him asking to hold russell westbrook's son at the all-star game you know Mm. like he's a likable guy he's not you know this is not the last dance where guys punch their teammates in the face (laughs) you know so it's he certainly is more likable but at the same time he's sort of saying hey till this is over this is who I'm with. Thanks for asking. Good to see you. You have a nice day. You know, like mm-hmm. he's he's very unique. Very unique story. The the price of the Greek freak sneaker went up. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if it <laughs> did, but it probably sold more. I'm sure they said Nike's happy with that. You know, if you love the narrative story, he covers, you know, he covers the, uh, the casuals basically that, that love the fact that like, you know, here's a guy that's, that's playing for his family. Cause you know, when they won last night, the very first thing is he did is he made a beeline for his mother. You know, he was basically shedding aside people who, who were trying to celebrate with him just to like get across the line to hug his mom and hug and hug his brothers and stuff. Right. And his, and his girl yeah. and his kid, like that's, that's the, that's the, like the fact that he did that, that's the first thing he did. It's like the casuals right there, you know, like who, who, who just, you know, kind of watch for those narratives. Like, you know, he, they ate that up last night too. Right. Like it, it covered so many different aspects of, you know, whether it's on the court, old school fan bases, you know, um, loving narratives, like it covered so many different angles last night. It was, it's, and just in one moment, it was, it was kind of impressive to see. Um, I asked this question during the last pod and, and I'll ask this again on a scale of one to 10. How mad is Eric Bledsoe right now? Do you think he's like Zen mode or do you think he's like throwing his Jack Daniels bottle against the cement wall? <laughs> I'll take this one, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> the Eric Bledsoe, uh, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe and I have a bit of a, <laughs> I'm a bit of a past. Um, thank goodness for guaranteed contracts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Eric Bledsoe is doing some pull-ups and bicep curls right now. Um, I don't know how upset he would be. Like he's been stealing money from Milwaukee and, and Phoenix <laughs> and, and New Orleans for years. So, you know, wait a minute. Where, where's he playing now? New Orleans? New Orleans. Yeah, he's in the Pelicans. For now. Note to self. Yeah, I was about to say. Stay out of New Orleans. Uh, So anyway, uh, (laughs) I don't think that he... I don't think he... uh, I don't think he cares. And they weren't going to win with him on the team anyway, so... Whatever. I don't have the same history as Kevin does with Eric Blitzel. (laughs) But I'm going to say... That be able to shoot yourself in the foot and then maybe... Maybe you could get a like he that guy couldn't make a bucket, and I'm not saying Drew Holiday is an offensive machine because we certainly saw in the series that he wasn't this reliable offensive weapon. But at the same time, a hundred times better than Eric Bledsoe. I mean, Fred Nichols that guy would yeah. put up. Yeah, yeah defensively. Uh, his offensive production is a creator. Maybe not very consistent. He does make some bad decisions. But he makes up for him, and you know what? He makes enough shots that you can't just sit there and go, "Yeah, yeah, you, you, you have adders." So he definitely, he uh, he should not be angry in any way, shape, or form. How bad did you guys feel for uh, Thanasis last night? Because I felt terrible for him. <laughs> I know, I know, he's like the thirteenth or fourteenth guy on the team. But man, I'm sorry that that has to feel so messed up, man kind of representative of the pandemic era that we're living in right now but man i i, I actually felt bad for him but i, I want to hear your guys opinion is that the brother that had covid and he couldn't be there right i mean uh, he probably shouldn't even be on the team so i mean i guess i guess he, he should be happy I don't, I don't know i don't know where to go with that <laughs> i'll take this one bill <laughs> 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 
Dig in, Kevin. <laughs> Note to self, stay out of Milwaukee and Nigeria and New Orleans. So anyway, um, his support for his brother is felt, but his presence was not necessary. <laughs> I was, whether, he, I was, whether he was in uniform or, or at home on his couch, his stat sheet would have remained the same. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell the story that might sum this up. I coached a team with a friend in Sasia back in Montreal briefly. And, uh, and a kid who's like, coach, why don't I play more? And I, Pat, my friend Pat was the head coach and you wouldn't answer. And he came to me and goes, coach, why don't I play more? And I looked at him. He was a nice kid. I said, don't take this the wrong way, but we're just better when you don't play. <laughs> and I feel like that applies right now. What year was this? Yesterday. Uh, this was a long <laughs> The kid was actually my son and it was a couple of days. No. It was <laughs> No, this is, uh, man, this would have been like 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. It, this is pre-Pepe Le Pew cancel culture if we're talking about, right? right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would get I would get canceled. I'm going to get canceled tomorrow. Once the people hear me yell at my kids in the driveway, I get canceled on the regular. <laughs> Yikes. Kid falls off his bike. You're fine. Get up. <laughs> Walk it off. My my bone is sticking out of my leg. I know. Just push it back in. You're fine. You're fine. Dislocated means you can relocate it. You know? Yeah. Stop, yeah. stop limping for attention. It's only blood. Get in, get in the house. <laughs> but yeah, it, I'm probably not going to Milwaukee either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of us are. Um, willingly or unwillingly, I guess, at, at this stage. It is. You know, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> but I, I, just, I, I, I think I just looked at it more, not so much as a brother. I'm just thinking more as a teammate, even though you're like the 12th guy or the 13th guy, or whatever it is on your team. I'm like, yo, that's got to be tough. You're watching your team celebrate from the hotel room because I think they, they live together. all They all live together in the same house. And, <laughs> you know, and, and he's got to basically oh, stay at the he's got to stay at the Western Milwaukee, whatever the, the, the high end hotel is over there. It's four seasons, Wisconsin Stevens Point. And and he's basically just you know like he's got to watch that and probably miss the parade too. That's got to be that's got to be a, a weird feeling as a player. Uh, my last question I want to ask though is um, basically for this playoffs and and the fact that you know Giannis accomplished everything that he's ha- that he's done. What does this run mean for Giannis going forward? In what sense? Just in the sense of like what is what does it mean for his career? Like essentially, I guess now. Like, what does it mean, like, in, it just for his impact in history and just going forward, like, for the rest of his career? Like, what is it, what do you think it do, this does for him going forward? Kevin? It sets, one, one, one thing we've learned about him is he's never satisfied and he's never resting up, you know? Like, it, it, he's, he's gotten a taste for it, he's acquired it, now I think he wants more championships. And he'll be even more upset. It's good that he got one out of the way, but you know, now that he's not, he, he accomplished this without a without an outside a consistent outside shot, yeah, right. So there, it, there is still room to grow for him to become better and more dangerous. But for now, it's just like no, I'm just going to dominate, drive, and 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 take care of what I have to take care of with the, that's within my range. He tried the whole 
I'll shoot threes. I'll distance myself. And I think he take I think he, he takes it personally that people like step off of him or Chris Paul will just wave him off or like, Oh, we, we, everybody, and remember Chris Paul said this, everyone's wait. Everyone anticipated a miss him missing, even him. You know, he said that at the, at the, at the end of game five. And, and, and he had the, the Michael Jordan, you know, vibe flowing through his bud lines when he said, um, yeah, I made my free throws. I made my free throws tonight. So, you know, you remember that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he took that personally. He took that personally. Yeah, so I think it's just the beginning of like of a. I'd like to I'd like to hope an obsessive bloodlust in 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 terms of competition. But there's so many more accolades for this man to accomplish. He's already done more than most in his first what seven years in the league. Eight years, yeah. Eight years. Yeah, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. Milwaukee went from not being in the playoffs to consistently in number one seeds and all that. You kidding me? He's not done. Yeah, new arena basically built off his back. That yeah, that he he already has his his uh, Chicago Stadium turned United Center. That's exactly what Milwaukee had with Bradley Defy serve. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's it's. He's 26 years old, so there's still so much of his career left. And winning this championship now puts him in another bracket to be compared with. So now he's not being compared to Charles Barkley or, you know, the top 50. Now he's being compared to guys who win rings. And what what I would hate for it to become is Yes, we're suffering super recency bias in his game six and all of this. But for it to be a scenario where if he doesn't win another ring, for you to look at him and go, well, he only won one. You know, a great career. He only won one. There's just so much road left. And it's going to be very difficult when he's making, you know, however many hundreds of millions of dollars for Milwaukee to put a team around him. 50. So he he's going to need to be otherworldly in coming into his own for them to do it, right? Yeah. So certainly, like Kevin said, the best is yet to come, and he's competitive and driven to get better. And, and the room in his game to grow, I personally don't believe he needs to develop a three-point shot, but he does need to vary his offensive game a little bit more yeah. and stretch it out. If he can make an 18-footer with on a regular basis, get guys to step to him. I mean, think about Carl Malone's offensive game. Carl Malone had three, four moves, and he's the second all-time leading scorer in NBA history. <laughs> so Giannis can do a lot and doesn't need to add a ton. And I've, I was impressed in this playoffs watching games just to see how much he had added to his game. So, yeah, the sky is certainly the limit. Yeah, it's it's funny because, like, he's there's still a ceiling. That's, like, the crazy thing about this. Like, when you when you see him play, like, you like there's you can still see, like, there's, there's, like, another level even that he can probably get to. His turnaround jumper in the playoffs was automatic. Yeah, yeah. Especially last night, and then the fact that like he, you can see he's he's owning, you know, the fact that he can he can dominate and play in the paint. Like you can see, there's like it's it's it sounds crazy to say this, especially after what he did last night. But it's like 
you there's still a rawness to him. You know what I mean? Like it's that's it's weird to yeah. say after eight years and everything that he's accomplished, there's still like a rawness to him where you're like, man, like even watching him in the post, you're like, there's certain things he can do with his footwork that can elevate what he's what he already has down there. You know what I mean? The fact that he's already making the turnaround jumper. Um, the fact that, you know, and I agree with you, like, you know, the, the last couple of years, you know, that's the thing. It's like, he's got to get a three. He's got to get a jumper because that's where the league is going. That's where the league is going. And I think every, we always, everybody always preaches, oh, the, the league is going to be this, or this is where the sport's going. It's going to be threes. It's going to be threes. It's going to be threes until the finals come. And then, you know, the best players show you that mid range is still king. Right, yeah. Like LeBron's still hitting the mid range. Kawhi's still hitting mid range. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, um, Clay Thompson is still hitting mid range. You know, and leading the league in that category, or like one of the league leaders in that category. Yet we're still trying to stretch everybody out to thirty five feet, right? And Giannis yeah. kind of shows you, like, okay, yeah, you know what? Maybe he doesn't need to shoot threes, and that we're okay with that. Surround him with guys that could shoot threes or continually to you know continue to do so and. We're probably going to be fine, but like there's still I mean, a, there's still a ceiling to him. That's that to me. That's what's crazy. Go on, Bill. Sorry, I'm going to cut you. If you stop for a second, think about some of the best post scorers that 15 foot mid post. The one thing that they all had that Giannis, I'm going to guarantee, and I don't do that often with any aplomb. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a pump fake in his game yet. Like he can't get you to honor his jumper enough to fake. But if he's going to hit that turnaround and he's going to start hitting fifteen footers, well now now you just lost you just lost space. Now you got to you can't gap him. You got to step two. And once he mixes in a pump fake, man, like the game just gets easier. It gets easier. It gets. It's you know he mixes that in. If he can, he goes over the shoulder to to shoot the turnaround. Shows you the ball. You go by. He steps through for a dunk. Like his length is insane. It's just his offensive output. I don't know that his scoring numbers will go up. I think what you'll see is his efficiency go up, mm. and you'll see the players mm. around him get easier buckets. Yep, yep. Like totally agree with you. And and I'll just add, I I, I honestly, <laughs> I I can't wait to see what he's gonna do next year. Just because of the fact that he works so hard, he's like he's kind of maniacal in the way he works out. Um, but you know, considering you know as you as you see, like considering the confidence you get when you become a champion, you 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 kind of carry yourself differently once you win, and you see that with basically almost every most pretty much most if not every team that wins a title in all sports. When they come back the next season, there's a level of understanding, a level of confidence that you just know how to win now. Those moments where, like, you're not sure if he can get over the hump, you know, when, when adversity comes and the pressure builds, now you know that you, you could leap over those obstacles. Your mentality is different when you come back the next year. So to touch on what I was saying before, like, I love the fact that he doesn't work out with other superstars. He's not, he's not in the Chris Brinkley gym in New York City, you know, training with everybody else. Like, he's constantly working on his game. But what is what he just did? that brings his own level of confidence after what he what he's done and the fact that he's won like what is that going to do to his game next year you know like that to me is like the the question mark and and i mean i can't wait to see it cuz i i think i don't know like you you kind of saw an evolution of like yeah the, you know like phoenix's defense they didn't build like that wall that toronto or miami built but you saw like as 
as a series and different things was going along, that didn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? Like he was just finding guys now. He just he found he figured out ways around the on the around the wall. You know. So is the championship? So is it not the aura of the championship that does it, or is it the fact that he put in all this work and it paid off? And is the championship now the indicator? Like I put in all this work and this is the result. Right. Now I just got to put in more work. More work. Like, is, is it a cycle that feeds itself where you're just like, well, man, that was great. Like, I did all this work, and then we won a championship. So if I do more work, then we'll just we'll win another. Like, is that what it is, or is it the aura of now I'm a champion? I think it's a comp. I think it could be both. I think it could be both. And I think at the same time, it's when you get it, too. Because, like, when Dirk got it, right, like, Durka was almost like he can now he can now exhale because he was in the league for twelve years. You know what I mean? Like when they beat Miami, the way they beat them, yeah. it was such a pivotal moment. It was like now we can kind of like take his foot off the gas a little bit, you know. Whereas like you're in your eighth year, it's like you're. It's not to say like he's just getting started, but it's like he's kind of just getting started. You know what I mean? So it's like I think it's where it kind of hits you. You know, where it's like, yeah. it's not like, you, you know, if Giannis got this in year 14 or like, or, or like even like a Chris Paul, like if he would, if, if they were to win it this year, it's, it's almost like, ah, oh, I finally got one. Ah, oh, I can, you know, yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> defend it, but you know what I mean? Like it's, you could kind of take your, your foot off the gas a little bit because you've had a lengthy career and this is the one thing that was missing. But Giannis is like, he's not at the finish line right now. You know what I mean? Like he's only like halfway through the mm -hmm. race. What can I do now for the next you know, the next five to six years. Like, what can I do here? You know, because he was even talking about it last night where he's like, he wasn't in the team photo um, last night while holding the trophy because he was in the background thinking about how they, how they can repeat and when he can get to work. Like that, that was, that, that's what he was saying last night. So you're already seeing the seeds of that there. You know, so I, like I said, I just can't wait to see what he does with this experience going forward now. You know, like that, that's I I agree. the final takeaway. I agree because we have players, especially in an era of like instant fame and uh, guaranteed contracts, right? Once you like, once you reach that contract and you get your, once you secure the bag, you could literally just nail it in. Like, I'm not going to say Hassan Whiteside did that, but Hassan Whiteside <laughs> put up some fantastic numbers and then all of a sudden didn't. Jerome James, uh, Eric Dampier. Uh, you name them. There's a series of series series of players that have just, you know, okay. I I, I got my uh, not Alan Crab. I forget what the other guy was. Anyway, let, let me stop naming names before I stop. I'm not able to travel to anywhere in the United States um, that has basketball teams. But you know, like there's certain players where okay, I got it off my back. And now I'm good. Now I can coast. I don't get that vibe from Giannis whatsoever. What I what I think we saw last night. Throwback to our childhood is, you know in Transformers, the movie, when Rodimus gets that matrix of leadership? <laughs> he lost me, man. Lost How me. dare you? You, ne <laughs> you never saw that? I'm 45 years old. I'm sure I saw it. Dude, I remember that. You got the touch, you got the power, and he pulls open the matrix <laughs> of leadership, and then, and then his face ages? That's what we saw. He's the new Dude. leader, bro. I'm going to YouTube this after you, we hang up. 
<laughs> you got the touch. I can hear the lyrics in my head. Right you now. got the power. Calvin, you know I what I'm talking about. I can't get it out of my head. I, 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 really, I really never thought that we were going to end the podcast on a, on a Transformers <laughs> rant. Um, Why is it so quiet in here? Can somebody please... <laughs> It's the coming of age, like Memphis Bleak. Like it was. It, is that better? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. The Rock. Yeah. Rock the fella. Your yeah, your opening to the podcast needs to be like the the music plan needs to be. You got the title, <laughs> and then right into your intro. I don't think it, Calvin. And then, and then Kevin says he's living the dream. Nobody will understand any of these jokes. But <laughs> I, I might, I, I might, I, I might end, the, I might end the podcast with that. Actually, but that's probably a good idea. That would be amazing. <laughs> Calvin, secure the rights. Clear the clear it with with Hasbro. You have to get that. You have to get get that audio. I think you 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 legally can use fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'll, as use, long I'll, as you, I'll use fourteen forty-five. As long as you put in the show notes where you got it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Done. I think it. I think it was Stan Bush. You got the touch. <laughs> I am literally looking this up on my computer right now. <laughs> is is All there right. is there any way to end this rant? Is there any way to end this Transformers rant, or can we just end this show right now? We're, which one? Tell me. Tell me, Kevin. It's yep. the, the powers of the hat. You got the touch, Kevin. Tell me. <laughs> uh, true 80s heads will appreciate the reference. The rest of y'all can kiss my ass and go to hell. How about that? <laughs> Rant over. <laughs> uh, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, thank you guys for hopping on the podcast, man. It's, uh, it's definitely been a pleasure. I appreciate you guys for hopping on. Awesome. Hold on. I got you. I got to YouTube this, Calvin. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>